my fellow sports pan maths. I'm excited to get you get this information to you guys from this last NFL wildcard weekend. It was a great wildcard weekend, one of the best I remember in a long time. I want to welcome all my listeners, and I'd just love for you to follow us on social media, whether it be here on YouTube. You can like and subscribe at Sports Pantomaths. We're also on Facebook, Sports Pantomaths Podcast. Uh, Instagram at Sports Pantomaths. Twitter at Sports Pantomath One. And we're available across all streaming um, systems, such as Apple and Google Podcasts, also on Spotify. I want to start first with the Texans' 22-19 victory over the old-school Buffalo Bills. The Bills continue to be the bad luck Brian of the NFL. They blow a 16-point lead and still have not won a playoff game since 1995. So, I feel for the Bills fans. They haven't won a playoff game since before I was born, which is crazy. However, I do like their coach, Sean McDermott. I think I think he's a good coach. However, they got to find something to get them over that hump. I think they're coached well, and they, they play hard. And Josh Allen, he's not a terrible quarterback. He, he's, he's not as accurate as you would like him to be. But name a perfect quarterback out there, truly. They, they all have some kind of flaw somewhere in their game. He's an athletic guy who can run the ball. He's a power runner. He can. He's just a dynamic player. He can kind of do it all to a point. They, you know, I think he caught a touchdown pass in the game. Deshaun Watson, however, and Josh Allen both led their teams in rushing, which never is a good sign. you got to be able to run the football in the playoffs, and that's key to winning in playoff games. So I just want to talk about Deshaun Watson for a second. He is a, he's a true winner. He, he goes to Clemson, and he beats a great – Alabama football team with a great defense. He finds ways to make plays on the biggest stage. I don't know if you guys remember when he gets hit twice in the game. He, he Two people are about to sack him. Like, hey, there's no way he's getting out of this. He spins around and boom, makes a play, throws, I think, to Carlos. Was it Carlos Hyde? I'm not sure who he threw it to, honestly, but they, they run in and get it close to about the 10-yard line and kick a game with a field goal. Just, just unbelievable what Deshaun Watson can do as a player. I don't know how he fell to 10 in the draft. I'm pretty sure Mitchell Trubisky was drafted over him, which I'm sure all those Bear fans out there now are really just, you know, it's just rough for them. Speaking of running the football to win the playoffs, let's, let's talk about this Patriots versus Titans game where let's take a quick moment of silence for the Patriots dynasty, which is now over, which was ended by no other than the Tennessee Titans. After that moment of silence, you had I guess I guess you guys were probably thinking the same thing I was thinking. Just Derrick Henry running all over that defense, which was coming into the game ranked 22nd against the run. They they should have seen this coming, which I saw it coming. I saw the Titans running the ball all over the Patriots. I was this close to picking the Titans. I was like, oh, I think I want to pick the Titans. I really do. The only thing that prevented me from picking the Titans was Tom Brady, who didn't play terrible, but he didn't play to Brady's standards at home in a playoff game, which they needed to win. I don't – they score 13 points, which I get. I get it. He doesn't have the guys to throw to. He's, he lost Gronk, who was just a matchup problem. But not everyone has those kind of guys every single year. And it proves that, I mean, everyone needs a little bit of help. And Brady's also showing signs of aging. He – I don't know if he's back at the Patriots next year. Honestly, I think my gut feeling right now are – 
Well, I, I don't know. This is what I think should happen and I think might happen. I think Tom Brady's going to go to the Miami Dolphins. He knows the he's going to play that same division twice a year, which he knows those defenses. Uh, the Jets aren't. I don't. I don't see them changing systems anytime soon, like our coaching wise. And I don't see the Bills going anywhere. Then you got the Patriots, will be which will be Belichick. So he'll know how Belichick runs things, and he'll play all of them twice a year. He has a good coach who he has a relationship with, his former defensive coordinator. And the, and the Dolphins got the coach of, I think, they're, I mean, for the rest of their, you know, for, for a good couple of years. Uh, great coach. Um, he's he's just, he's you know, he's he's just a, he's the guy that he brings energy. He got he has those guys ready to play. Brian Flores, just what a guy. Uh, he, he somehow gets those guys ready to play after their organization is wanting to tank. And he just, he had a great, great year. But back to the game. Oh, well, hold on. Tom Brady's going to go to the Dolphins. He's going to start there next year, possibly. This is what I think should happen or might happen. And they're going to draft Tua, and he's going to be their backup, let him get healthy for a year, and that's going to be the Dolphins' future from there is Tua. So that's what I think. But back to the game, the Titans just ran the ball all over him. The human tank, Derrick Henry, who I would – I mean, could you imagine getting run over by that guy? Oh, my goodness. I could imagine having to tackle him. I – I don't know what I would do. He would he would break me in half like with his knee. That dude is an animal. I, I haven't seen a running back that big with that kind of just athleticism and speed. And he's just always been slept on for a while. I saw on social media earlier today. He leads the NFL in rushing when everyone was saying he was just too big of a back. He's too big of a back. He's too big. He's too tall. Goes and leads the league in rushing this year. Also, they were doubting him in college. Leonard Fournette's better. Leonard Fournette. Leonard for Derrick Henry is a man. I'm pretty sure he won the Heisman at Alabama. And he just hasn't gotten the respect that he deserves. So shout out Derrick Henry for, I think, 34 carries, 180-something yards on this great Patriots defense. I think their Patriots defense was overrated. They had a good defense, but your defense is going to look good when you get to play the Bills and the Jets twice and the Dolphins twice. So that's two, four, six of your games right there against those below average offenses right now. The next game is the heartbreak for the Saints. Could you believe that? Again, they lost on another final play for the third straight year. I can only imagine the pain of a Saints fan, but however, you know, I personally I'm a Georgia fan, so I felt heartbreak due to the Alabama Crimson Tide most of the time. However, I'd I want to start him on the Saints for a minute just because I want to give a little bit of credit to Taysom Hill, who I think it should be the future quarterback of the Saints. I don't know what they're going to do with the Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, which direction they're going to go. Drew Brees returns for another year. But have you ever seen a quarterback complete a 50-yard pass, catch a touchdown pass, and then line up at fullback and be a lead blocker for a rushing touchdown? What can Taysom Hill not do? I, I I'm pretty sure he could probably surf if you asked him. I mean, this dude, is, he's an athlete, it seems like, and he's a leader, too. He gets the guys fired up when he makes these kind of plays. He's a guy that I like. I would love to have on my team. I think he he's not talked about enough. Taysom Hill, what a, what a game, and he really came on late in the season. I think he's going to earn himself some money soon, whether it be from the Saints or another organization. Let's get to the Vikings real quick, which – Kirk Cousins finally won the big game, finally wins the big game, which I was – honestly, I was happy to see. That way I can stop bashing him every single podcast to where I'm saying, well, you know, if Kirk Cousins is playing at 8 o'clock, damn it, he's not going to win. Now, I don't 
I don't remember the last time he won a big game, but look at him now. He goes down to New Orleans when I don't. I was watching the NFL countdown. Not one person picked the Vikings. I think the lady host, I don't remember her name. I think it was Sam something. She was so close to picking the Vikings. I was like, Damn, at that point, just do it. You might as well. You might be right. And all of a sudden, here comes the Vikings who Mike Zimmer out coaches Sean Payton. Kirk Cousin outplays Drew Brees. Dalvin Cook outplays Alvin Kamara. The Vikings defense outplays the Saints defense. They came ready to play. And what I saw was the biggest thing on the Vikings and the Saints game was the interior pressure that was causing havoc for Drew Brees and the Saints. See, Drew Brees can deal with the outside pressure where the the defensive ends are coming after him or the linebackers, and he can just step up in the pocket. Well, however, when when this interior pressure is coming, all of a sudden now Drew Brees has nowhere to go. He has to try to escape out of the pocket, and he's not that kind of athlete at this point in his career. He's not. And this is why I, I'm personally a fan of more mobile quarterbacks rather than your typical slow pocket passer is when the interior line starts collapsing, you got to have a guy who can get out of there. And Drew Brees lately, I mean, well, Drew Brees in that game was not that guy, and he won't be that guy. He's an older quarterback who's still a great quarterback who I say should be considered for the GOAT. It's tough to be back there and your guards and your centers just getting bullied. Ever, I think it's Everson Griffin, I want to say, for the Vikings. That dude was bullying that center and just bull rushing him and just collapsing the pocket on Brees, and he had no time. So the Vikings go in. Kirk Cousins wins the big game. Shout out. Let's throw him a party or something. Everybody go tweet Kirk Cousins and tell him you like that because I did like that. Going to New Orleans and winning a playoff game 26-20. The last game, the Seahawks versus the Eagles, 17-9. Now, I'm going to start with a Carson Wentz injury. I've been a Carson Wentz critic for so long. I've said that he just doesn't seem like the leader. And I want to go ahead and just put some – I want to go ahead and say I was wrong because I was completely wrong on that. These past three to four weeks, he has put his team on his back. He's dealt with throwing to some guys from practice squads. And don't get me wrong, he's got two great tight ends, and he's had a little help with the running game and Miles Sanders catching balls out of the backfield. However – he, he, I should, I, I will no longer say that he is not a leader or anything like that. He put his, he put the team on his back and he said, I will carry us there. And he went and beat the Cowboys who were a lot more healthy than them. And when he got hit in the head by Jadavion Clowney, which I thought personally, I thought was a dirty hit. I think the referees association, whatever came out and announced that it was a clean hit that he was a runner and he had not given himself, but it, it looked like he was diving and Clowney just came in diving in with his helmet leading the way, which should have been a targeting penalty. I feel bad for Carson Wentz. He's still living in Nick Foles' postseason shadow. He has to deal with that statue that they have out there. So I feel bad for Carson Wentz. And just a little shout-out to Justin McCowan. He he came in. That was his first ever playoff game, and I think a 18- to 20-year playoff career. And he was emotional after the game, and I thought that was awesome. He finally got to play in his first, you know, playoff game with his family out there watching him and you could tell it meant a lot to him and I really do think he gave it his all like he said I mean he was trying to go out there and make plays it's tough when you're 40 years old like he said he, he said he could you could feel it in his body that he was 40 years old out there playing and that's tough and that's a tough situation to be in and especially I think he was signed late in the season he probably hasn't even taken a snap really with those guys and all of a sudden he's having to out there, go out there and play against the Seahawks defense 
in a playoff game and try to carry his team to a victory. So I thought, shout out to him. He played a great game, Justin McCowan. I want to get on the Seahawks, however. Don't be surprised if the Seahawks go all the way to the Super Bowl. That's not my pick. I'm not going to give my picks yet. I'm going to kind of play through the, the playoffs a little bit, kind of get it going. But don't count out Russell Wilson. That that guy is just – he's just a winner. Like I mean, he finds ways, whether it be with his legs, his arm, just being smarter than a lot of people on the field. His IQ, football IQ, is just crazy, and he's just – Natural leader who seems like a man on a mission this year. However, he finally got a breakout wide receiver, breakout wide receiver game from DK Metcalf, who was getting better and better every week to me. Personally, I thought coming into the season, I I, I was kind of with everyone else. I mean, hey, he's a big dude, physically gifted, but can he run precise routes to for his quarterback? But they went in there and got a win 17 to 9. However, like I've been saying, you got to be able to stop the run and you got to be able to run the football in the playoffs. And the Seahawks can't run the football right now. All, I think they had three injuries at running back. So that was killer for them. That, that's going to kill their season. They signed Marshawn Lynch and that, that turban guy, but he's, that's not going to get the job done when it comes to the playoffs. I'm just going to give my predictions for this next round so they can be out there because my next podcast will be. Monday, January 13th, which is the day of the national championship. So that will be the next time you'll hear a sports pantomats podcast. However, here's my NFL divisional round predictions. First game, Texans versus the Chiefs. Two of the most exciting quarterbacks to watch right now in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, Pat Mahomes with his track team of weapons like Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, and more. They don't have the running game that I would like. However, they got so many weapons and throw short passes that almost fills in for their running game. Texans, you know, they got Deshaun Watson. They got a decent defense. J.J. Watt can cause some havoc. However, I like. I think the Chiefs got hot at the right time, and I'm going to take the Chiefs to win in a shootout, 38-31. The Titans versus the Ravens, two of the best running football teams in football. You got the league's leading rusher, Derrick Henry. And the Titans, and then you got the MVP who can do it all, Lamar Jackson, and the, and the Ravens. Thing is, is the Ravens' defense is the difference maker here. Titans got a good defense. It's, it's a formidable defense. However, it's not the Titans' defense as we remember in the past or the past couple of years when they've made the playoffs, which the, the defense would keep them in the game. And I think the Ravens' defense is the difference maker in this game, and I think they win 27-17. Now, for the Vikings versus the 49ers, don't be surprised if the Vikings can go in and pull that one out. The Vikings are a top 10 rated offense and defense. So, I mean, statistically, too, top 10, top 10 on offense and defense. That's They're a good team. They're, I mean, a wild card team, however, but they could have easily won the division. The Packers, I think it, all the, they just got all the breaks this year. But... I like you like that. Kirk Cousins, Vikings are a good team, you know, a formidable team, but the 49ers just have too many weapons. Um, multiple running backs, Brita, Coleman, uh, Mostart. <coughs> Excuse me. But they also have weapons, wide receivers such as Manuel Thomas, Debo Samuel, Jimmy G, that defense. So I'm going to take the 49ers to win 34 27. 
Then the Packers versus the Seahawks. Uh, the Packers catch another break with the Saints losing this round. So now they get to host the Seahawks, which I don't really don't know how lucky they truly got because now they have to face Russell Wilson. But the Seahawks come in struggling of late. They they ended the season. I think they lost three of their last five. They squeaked by against the Eagles, who you know were losing, lost all their wide receivers. They lost Carson Wentz, and they still only managed to beat them seventeen to nine. So I like Green Bay in Lambeau to win this one 27-24. Um, talking about playoffs, let's go to the college football playoff. Um, the first game I got well. I was I was on vacation during this time, so it was kind of tough for me to watch the games. So I was watching them on my phone. So LSU versus Oklahoma went exactly pretty much how I planned. LSU dominated the game, scoring 63 points. And Joe Berg just kind of showed you why he's the Heisman winner. He's a great quarterback. However, unfortunately for him, he will be a Cincinnati Bengal next year who has the number one pick in the draft, and they'll take Joe Burrow. So I feel bad for him because he's going to go to the Bengals, who have been a mess, but Maybe they get that thing rolling over there and get a good offensive system and so a good offensive line for him, which he needs. I mean, that LSU offensive line is no joke. Tell me, watch their games, and honestly, I really don't see Joe Burrow get hit that much inside that pocket. They, they, they got a great offensive line, and their defense is starting to play, play well. They have all the right tools. They have the great quarterback, good play calling, multiple good wide receivers, a great tight end, running back, and O-line. They have the tools to be a great national championship team. And also, they have the defensive players on the on the defense, the safety, Del Pitt. I mean, they just got guys all over the field. They always have. I like I, – I really like LSU. Let's talk about this Clemson-Ohio State game, though. That's that's the main one that was more of a playoff game. The other one just was – it was just domination. It was like when I play my friends in video games. <laughs> um. Ohio State looked like the better team. I feel like they kind of dominated the game, really. Their defense was getting after them. A couple of bad calls, such as that incomplete pass call, which should have been a fumble, in my opinion. And that really hurt. That took away a touchdown. And also the targeting call on Sean Wade, the cornerback, who was actually returning for his senior season. I think that was terrible. I think Trevor Lawrence kind of initiated that contact. He bent down when the guy was coming in. I mean, that's just not a great call to me. If anything, it should have been roughing the passer or whatever. Not targeting, but roughing the passer when Chase Young throws him on the ground. So they call targeting on a bad call, then they don't call uh, on Chase Young. It's just that's not great officiating at all in that game. However, I want to give some a whole lot of credit to Trevor Lawrence, who just makes plays enough plays to win the game. And he earned himself a whole lot of money when he showed that he can run the ball like he did. Not just, I mean, he's a good enough athlete to be a good runner, and then he's also a physical runner. And he has not lost a game in his whole college career. He hasn't lost a game since high school. Like, that is insane. He hasn't lost a football game since high school. The Clemson Tigers are the complete team, though. They have the quarterback, the wider, the two great wide receivers, running back, tight end, defensive playmakers, great head coach, and experienced coordinators who have been here before and have been with their schools for a long time. 
I, I mean, Dabo doesn't lose his assistants and coordinators like Georgia and Alabama do. That's why they're consistently good. Georgia and Alabama, could you imagine if they didn't lose their offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators to other schools? So with all that experience and all those guys who've been together, I really like Clemson in this LSU matchup. I think it's going to be an amazing national championship game. I definitely think it'll be a shootout. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. And – I'm not going to make my predictions yet. I'm going to save that for the next podcast on the national championship night, which we're going to try to release it before the game. That way you can listen and get our picks in before the game starts. So now I just want to go over the NFL coaching vacancies, which I think is just, it's fun to kind of guess and try to, you know, predict what you think will happen. It's just fun to see if you're right or wrong. And if they do what you would do. So I'm just going to kind of go over a couple guys say where they're linked to or where they could possibly go. And then I'm going to go down the list of the <clears throat> coaching spots that are available now and where I think each person will go. Man, it sounds like I need some allergy medicine. My, my throat's so scratchy. I'm sorry. Um, so first, there's there's some candidates whose names have been mentioned. Lincoln Riley's been linked to the Cowboys and the Browns due to his history with Mayfield there. Urban Meyer has been linked to the Cowboys from his comment. And he's linked to the Browns due to his history in Ohio, like Ohio State. Mike McCarthy, who was actually just hired as the Cowboys coach, which, oh, man, I, I don't like the hire. Uh, it's, it's not a bad hire. Don't get me wrong. He's experienced. He can coach quarterbacks. But he's not what they needed. They needed someone who could come in and fire up the locker room and get them ready to motivate it to play. And they needed someone who was going to say, I'm the boss. This is this is my team now. Jerry's the owner. I'm the coach. And you don't report over my head. I'm the coach. We go to Jerry, if anything. No one talks to – I am in charge of the players. Jerry's in charge of getting the team ready and all that stuff. I think the coach. they needed a strong personality coach who could take over the team and and the team viewed as a leader. So I don't like that hire that much, but I, I do agree that Mike McCarthy is not a bad coach and he should be respected. They should, it shouldn't be a laughing hire or anything like that. I just think it's someone that Jerry could control. I think a report came out. Me and my stepdad were talking about this, so shout out to Dale when you listen to this. He was telling me how Mike McCarthy stayed the night of his interview at Jerry Jones's house. And my stepdad had a funny comment. He said, it's like he's getting breakfast in bed already from Mike McCarthy. I'm like, oh, man, it's already – he said it's already Jason Garrett all over again. So I hope it works out for you Cowboys fans. It's good when the Cowboys are good and competing. So hopefully it works out for everyone. Josh McDaniels is another candidate. They say he could go to the Browns, the Panthers, the Giants. have all reached out to McDaniels. I'd be skeptical of hiring him since of what he did to the Colts and backing out of that job. However, I'll get to you where I think each guy is going to go, but those are the teams who have been linked. And then Greg Roman has been thrown around as a guy. He's the Ravens offensive coordinator. And he's led that team to a, you know, a great running game. And he's adapt. He shows he's able to adapt his system. Don Martindale, who is a Ravens defensive coordinator. He's been linked to teams who are a contender who just need defensive help. And he's a defensive-minded coach. He's the Ravens' defensive coordinator. Mike Zimmer, who was was 
they were talking about he was possibly going to get let go if he didn't win that playoff game. So now I, I don't think he's a candidate anywhere else now. He's going to stay the Vikings coach. However, here's a name who is going to be up for consideration for some jobs. Byron Leftwich, who was the Tampa Bay offensive coordinator. Go look at the Tampa Bay offensive numbers. They put up some numbers. I'm not going to lie. And he had great, great play calling. However, he's working with Bruce Arians, so I don't really know who's actually doing the play calls there. But however, he's he's been with Bruce Arians, who's a great offensive mind. So I think if they're looking, if the team's willing to wait, take a risk on a new offensive minded guy, how some of these other teams have done, like the Sean McVay's, Matt Lafleur's of the NFL, don't be surprised if he gets a job. Matt Rule, the Baylor Bears head coach. He's been linked to the Giants because he spent some time as the offensive line coach there. However, I don't know. I don't know about him. He's he's won everywhere he's gone. However, it's just I don't know how he'll deal with New York as the head coach. I think I think he'd be good though. I mean, they need some change besides Pat Shermer there. The last one is Eric Benimi, the Chiefs Chiefs offensive coordinator, who I think will be the probably the best hire who I would probably go with possibly. He says, this is a quote from the Peter King podcast. He's dreaming of a head coach job. So I think this is his last year in Kansas City. He will kind of, I think he's going to roll on to a new, better, new, new team, new head coach somewhere. He's, he's going to be a head coach somewhere. I'm going to get to in just a second where I just think he's a great hire because he's learned under Andy Reid. And Andy Reid has a lot of successful guys come out of his system, such as Matt Nagy and others. So I think he's going to be a good coach. So here's my picks on where I think everyone will go. Um, well, first, Ron Rivera went to Washington. So I don't – Ron Rivera, I feel bad for you, man. You should have waited until all these other jobs opened up because you probably took the worst one you could have. However, Washington's owner, I think it's Dan Snyder, has sh- – or maybe he may be gone now. But, however – the Redskins, I don't remember the last time they were well-run. And in the introduction, the whoever was hosting, I think it was the owner, said, Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. So that wasn't good. Um, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like Ron Rivera to Washington. I think it's a good hire for Washington. I don't think it's a good thing for Ron Rivera. It's just – it's a dysfunctional organization, and it's going to be tough for him. The Browns are going to take Josh McDaniels. I think he just fits the Browns. He's very dysfunctional. He's wishy-washy. He just fits the Browns well. Just sounds like the guy that they're going to go after and go hire. I don't think he's going to work out too well there. Eventually, I think Urban Meyer will end up at the Browns and be the little savior around there. Hopefully, Baker Mayfield is around for him to be there, because if not, Baker Mayfield is going to have a very short NFL career if he continues to play how he played this season. Matt Rule is going to be the next coach of the New York Giants. I hope he can handle the media and the scrutiny that he will face as a Giants coach. He's a good coach. He's won everywhere he's gone as a head coach, such as Temple, Baylor. So I, I do think he's going to work out there. I don't know how great he's going to be. He may win a division or two, every, but that's just a – potentially, I mean, it's going to be a good division. The Cowboys always have talent. The Eagles have Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. And also you have now, I mean – Washington, which is – they used to always have at least a good defensive team and could run the football, which I could think Ron Rivera is going to bring back there. I, th- I think Matt Rule will work out in New York for a little bit. The Panthers are going to get the best hire, Eric Benimi. I think they're going to find an offensive-minded guy to fit Christian McCafferty. They're going to go get a quarterback. 
who they're going to let Benimi kind of have a say so in that, and that's and he that's who's going to get them through. That's they're going to have to be patient, Panthers fans, because it's going to be a rookie quarterback and you know a new system, new coach. So just be patient. I think Eric Benimi is going to be a good coach. Mike McCarthy, I didn't like the hire. It seems like a boring hire to the Cowboys. I I wanted them to go get Urban Meyer. I think that was going to work out well. Jerry's had success with college coaches such as Jimmy Johnson. Um, I thought he was going to make one good run at a Super Bowl with a young college coach to just make a splash and end his career on the high note. But Mike McCarthy will bring the stabilization and let Jerry run the organization some more, I guess. I think I do think that they're going to go bring back Wade Phillips. He was let go by the Rams as the defensive coordinator today. I think Wade Phillips will be hired as the defensive coordinator to try to get things right on defense for the Cowboys. They're going to have two older, experienced coaches and Mike McCarthy and Wade Phillips. Talking about running organizations such as Jerry Jones, let's, let's talk about M- the NBA and the running of two organizations. And I just want to talk about who won the Luka Doncic and Trey Young trade. While I don't think there's any true loser in this trade, I think both organizations came out happy. I want to go ahead and say, let me explain first what the trade was. In 2018, the Atlanta Hawks traded who they drafted number three, Luka Doncic. And I was about to become a Hawks fan. Just leave my Celtic. Well, go for the Hawks and the Celtics, but pull for Luka Doncic. But then they trade him to the Dallas Mavericks for their number five pick. Trey Young and the 2019 first round pick, who turned out to be DeAndre Hunter from Virginia. He hasn't been, uh, he's kind of been let down, honestly. I don't know about him. Just kind of seemed more like a bust, not at number three pick, I think he was. Just, I, I haven't heard much about him, so he's got to kind of step up a little bit. But I'm going to ask you, and you think, or you can mention in the comments, comment live. You can mention us on social media, uh, comment on YouTube, or shoot us a message on Twitter, Instagram, any stuff like that, or email us at sportspantomess at gmail.com. But let us know, who do you think won the Hawks and Mavericks trade for Luka Doncic and Trey Young? I'm going to give you a couple stats on why I think the Mavericks won the trade for sure. Luka Doncic already has 18 career triple-doubles, including 10 this season. The Mavericks are on the playoff hunt this season, while Trey Young and the Hawks are looking at possibly a lottery pick number, you know, top five possibly. A high, uh, just I think they won 10 games or something this year. The Hawks are at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, which is easier than the Western Conference. And I get it, your excuses. We're missing our center, John Collins. But hear me out. This is why I think Luka Doncic is better. And I'm just going to give you some stats first, and then I'll kind of get to it. Luka Doncic this season, which get, they've had pretty identical se- like seasons this year. It's just I think Luka brings something else to the table. Luka's averaging 29.4 points a game. rebounds and 8.9 assists, almost a triple-double. Trey Young is having a great year, too, almost averaging a double-double, 28.8 points per game, 4.3 rebounds, and 8.3 assists a game. Both having a great season, no true loser, like I said, not being a hater or anything. I think Luka Doncic is a lot more efficient shooting the ball. Trey Young needs a lot more shots to score his points, and this is the biggest difference I see. Watch a Mavericks game when Luka Doncic is out. And you'll see the ball movement that they have throughout throughout their whole team now. He changed their team's identity. He, when your best player is willing to move the ball, everyone's willing to move the ball. It's like the Warriors were, like with Curry and Thompson and all those guys. I think the Mavericks are another 
another wing guy away from being a very, very, very interesting team. I think Porzingis is starting to come around as well. But when you're, like I said, when your best player is willing to move the ball, everyone is. And you can see that with the 80s Celtics teams, the Lakers teams from the 80s. Watch the ball movement in those games. You can go on YouTube and watch these teams. I know a lot of people are like, you don't watch no 80s games. Go on YouTube. Just, it's easy to find it. And you can go and watch all those games and you'll see how the ball movement was. Just, I mean, it's insane to watch a team who loves to pass the ball and take the open shots no matter who it is. I wish the Hawks would have kept Luka Doncic so I could be a Hawks fan again. I, I'm, I, I think they're going to regret that. But I do think Trey Young works out. He needs a little bit of help, but he's a great player, great player. Last but not least, just a little final thought for you guys since it's just me here today on the podcast. I'm going to tell you guys why I'm excited about Georgia football next year. So first I want to shout out to the Dogs for winning against Baylor, which I was I predicted. I, I did think that the Dogs were going to beat Baylor. But I want to mention all those young guys that stepped up. Zamir White, Kenny McIntosh, and all those defensive guys, young guys who stepped up to the plate in the Sugar Bowl and said, oh, we were five-star recruits too. I don't know why everyone's sleeping on us. We're ready to play. And Kirby got those guys ready to play, and I was happy to see the first half was one of the best play calling and Jake Fromm halves that I've ever seen. I think I'm going to get to Jake Fromm in a minute, but I want to go ahead and say he had a great game. I think getting the ball in Pickens' hands early and often was a game changer right there early. From that point on, the second half, they had him double teamed, and that's just making throws easier. But you get the ball in your best player's hands and you let them go make plays. And that was what made me so happy to watch. Then throw the ball to George Pickens, hand the ball to Zamir White, get get the playmakers the ball, make it easier on Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm's not the guy who you want. He's just not the guy who's going to go carry your entire team. He needs pieces around him, and a lot of guys do. So he, he needs those wide receivers, those running backs, and all that stuff to, to make those plays and deep runs, and he's got to be on the same page with them. And I, I will say I've been a huge critic of Jake Fromm. However, he played a very great game, and I, would, I wouldn't be as dis pointed if he does come back next year anymore I, I really liked what I saw and I take it back however if he does leave really I don't think it doesn't we're gonna have a bunch of playmakers next year I want to talk about the recruits that are going to come in to make a difference instant different Arian Smith this wide receiver is a speed guy and he's just going to take the tops off the defenses and no matter who's throwing him the ball he's going to just outrun guys he's a track star so watch out for him next year. Watch out for Mikhail Sherman, who looks like he can play inside and outside linebacker. Watch him to get early playing time. Darnell Washington is going to be the a huge target to open up the middle of the field and be that guy who can stand, just be across the middle of the field and make that catch when he needs to. And Jake Fromm's going to fit it in there. No, he's going to take that hit, but he's going to hold on to it because he's six foot eight, two eighty. He's huge and he's an athlete. Calais Ringo, another five star cornerback who I think is going to come in and start day one. I think he's going to be one of the top corners for us on the team, and that's a dude. I think he's six foot one, six foot two, and they said the only down, like negative comment they had about him was he's too physical, and that's what I love to hear from my cornerbacks. Jalen Carter on the defensive line, who can also make an impact due to us losing five players on the defensive line. Go watch his Under Armour All-American game. Just stood out and just blew away some of those offensive five-star offensive lineman he's just a he's a dude on defense and I'm excited to watch him play in a dog uniform to Jake Fromm I want to say he played so well against Baylor and I want to give him a lot of credit and I also want to mention that 
I like as a person, Jake Fromm is one of the best people and a great leader that I like to watch and see. Uh, I really do. However, this is the only things I have against him. And I'm going to just be honest. He's not mobile enough. I, I want my quarterback to be mobile in the pocket and be able to kind of get outside the pocket and make a play if he needs to. Joe Burrow-ish athleticism. He doesn't have to be the best athlete. He just has to be good enough. And he's just kind of slower. And when he gets interior pressure, it, the pocket collapses and he can't escape it. So that's my that is my flaw of his. And also, I don't like it when he throws off his back foot when he gets pressure in his face. I like my guy to step in the throw, take the hit. It's part of football. You got to learn to take a hit. That's my only knocks against him. Other than that, oh, and he needs to throw the ball better across the middle. He can, he throws a good out route. He throws good. He throws the, one of the best balls outside the numbers I've seen. However, I think at one more year in college will do him justice and he'll be a top three quarterback next year behind Lawrence and Justin Fields. Great guy though. Great guy. He, I'm, I'm sure he, you guys saw he made one of the ESPN reporters tear up at one of his comments, his new year's resolution, which was to get people closer to Jesus. That's awesome. Jake from shout out to you, man. That's, that's great. And I, I hope wish you a great career, no matter what your choice is. Speaking of choices, I just want to mention to anyone listening or who does listen, if you haven't heard the news yet to a, Today declared for the NFL draft, which I believe was the right call. He'll probably go to the Miami Dolphins. Last but not least for the dogs, I just want to say, let's watch out for these recruits, Broderick Jones and Zach Smith. I think if we snag those two guys, we will end up with the number one recruiting class. And I think that'll be a cent- like huge for us, especially coming off of this awful loss to LSU in the SEC championship. I appreciate you guys for listening in. Don't forget to give us a follow on all social media, such as YouTube. We're liking to subscribe on YouTube at Sports Pantomaths. We're on Facebook at Sports Pantomaths Podcast. Instagram is at Sports Pantomaths. Twitter, we're at Sports Pantomat One. And we're going to be available on Apple, Google, and on Spotify for all podcast streaming. So check us out there if you don't want to watch the whole video on YouTube. You're out working out, you're driving in a FedEx truck, or you're, you know, you're just out and about driving through traffic. Give us a listen on those kind of streaming devices. We'd really appreciate it. And also give us feedback on here. I'd like to know if you guys like the live stream or if you'd rather me record a video and just post it. Also, I'd love for you guys to be interactive, whether you want me to talk about a topic that you have. You want to come on here and debate with me. I'll get us a championship belt and we'll have a debate off and we'll see who wins the belt. I I really appreciate you guys listening. And have a great day and listen in on January 13th for our next podcast. And I will give you my national championship predictions. Uh, See you guys later.